You're listening to the life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. Live from the Mike Pig Studios, this is Phil Rockner and Kevin McKinnon, the life of Tri. Uh, Kevin, welcome, sir. Welcome, Mike Pig. You're just bringing up all these uh, <laughs> folks I, I, that I used to race against. It's very nostalgic. And Mike, um, oh, what a fierce competitor that guy was. Dude. He was, uh, you know, I, uh, there for a lot of my career. I, I think he sort of started up a year or so afterwards. But, um, oh, frightening short course guy who... Um, you know, it was in that duel with Scott Molina, 1988, and uh, they, you know, the two of them were finishing the bike, and and Scott looked down at his heart rate monitor, and his heart rate was way too high, and Mike looked down at his heart rate monitor, and his heart rate was way too high, and Scott just said, "Screw it, I'm going for it," and uh, Mike Pig backed off, and Scott ended up winning the race. So crazy, uh, never quite got that Kona win that uh, many people thought he should have. No, but he was really, um, it's funny, this is, this is actually the second time we've done our introduction because my dog was responsible for <laughs> the first one going south. So we've done this again, but we were talking a little bit about Jimmy Riccatello because I did open up with him. But with Mike Pig, um, he was, he had that long win streak too, didn't he? Like he put together like this insane long streak of, of victories in that USTS series. And then who could ever forget the pig power on the back, on the back wheel, the old J disc. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Mike was, uh, he was a, just a fierce competitor and yeah, very strong over that short course stuff. And, um, yeah, when he was on, on the short course, pretty much the only person who could take him was Mike or was Mark Allen. Um, yeah. you know, who put on his own, you know, streak of nonstop wins. So yeah, that's very nostalgic. We had some, some real characters in the, uh, in the sport, um, in those days, you know, and, um, yeah. it, it's fun to think back at them all, but boy, do I ever feel old right now? <laughs> I know. I keep thinking about that. Um, How but Kevin, you're back. <laughs> uh, You've just back from Lanzarote, Lanzarote. What are we calling it? Lanzarote. What, Lanzarote. We, yes. Lanzarote. There we go. We all know. For those who've listened the to this Germans, podcast before, the Germans say Lanzarote. Of course they do. Um, my my pronunciation's garbage on most things. So, um, but the Germans, they would. Oh, I love it. I I get to walk around in my speedos. It's wonderful. We just get to do what we like, and I I think it's a wonderful place. I love it. Um, how was your experience there recently? Oh, loved it. So I was working at the, uh, I was announcing at the 70.3 and um, my wife raced in that. And then we stuck around for a, a little training camp for a week. Nice. And so, uh, what's your weather like over there at the moment? Over in Lanzarote, it was, um, it was you know, beautiful, but even windier than normal, um, which is, you know, when you, if anyone who knows Lanzarote would just be kind of going, say what? Um, but the, the winds on race day. So when we got there, every single coach, as I, I walked into Club La Santa, um, uh, Nicole Leader, Lothar Leader, um, uh, Jurgen Cessner, Heidi Cessner, who all doing training camps over there, every single one of them, as soon as we walked in, uh, they just came up to me and said, we've had like weeks of warm weather with no wind. It's been crazy, but the wind's coming tomorrow. And uh, they weren't lying. It was, uh, you know, they had this great spell. I think it was four or five or six weeks of next to no wind. And then when we got there, it just slammed. So um, they had um, really windy race conditions. And then it uh, stayed most of the week that we were there was, was really windy, but it was perfect for training. Hmm. It um, it, well, you, I know you are a frequent flyer in that uh, in that part of the world, so it's your one of your happy places. Totally is. Um, I am heading back in May uh, for the Ironman race, and um, yeah, Sharon and I always celebrate our anniversary and my birthday over there at around that time. So yeah, it is. Uh, anyone who knows me knows how much I love that island, and 
If you haven't been there, you need to get there. It's uh, just incredible. There was um, so much talk over there with um, uh, people saying, why on earth is Iron Man going to Nice? This is the only logical place to be um, if you're not going to be in Kona. Um, yeah, the two the two islands have a lot of similarities. Um, you know, lava and but you know, lots of lava that you're riding through, and um, crazy amounts of wind, and you know, just yeah, the, you got a very similar vibe there. It's long been thought one of the hardest places to race, though, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Their motto for the seventy point three this year was uh, like racing on another planet. And, um, you know, and the other, uh, the motto they use for the Ironman is uh, normal limits do not apply. And uh, (laughs) when I worked at Ironman, I used to have to keep telling the social media guys, hey, you can't use that, the main office guys. I'm like, that's Lance, that's Ironman Lancerotis. They came up with it and uh, it's so apt for their island. It's, um, yeah, it's super tough racing, but uh, both the, um, both the champions, so let me just get this straight, Justus Nischlag and um, anyhow, both uh, sort of described winning the race and it being such a, a great place to win because you just got so much respect from everybody because not only were you beating a good field, but everyone just knows that, hey, if you win in Lanzarote, that means you're a tough cookie. That means you're, you're the yeah. real deal. Um, yeah, which was which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it it should be a bucket list race on on everyone's race, and many people will just kind of go, yeah, there's no way. Um, it is not a place you're going to for a PB, um, and uh, I love it too. Like if somebody's drafting off you, you, just wait until the next climb, which is like thirty seconds away, and then you pull away from them. You know, it's it's uh, you, it's it's a course that people really have to consciously work at, at drafting on because there's just so much up and down and elevation and all that stuff. So anyway, there we go. My love fest with Lanzarote. Well, that's just like me and Kokomo. So, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's been, it's been a long day. Um I, I was um, I, look. I, I normally do like to start with a bit of a rant, but this one's going to be a bit bigger than normal. So uh, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. So I've been watching television, Kevin. Now I don't like to watch a lot of TV, but I've been watching uh, on a couple of different platforms recently. So uh, I've been watching Netflix and I've been watching the F1 series. I don't know if you're across this. It's the the Formula One um, series where they follow the the season. Um, and they I haven't heard about it. I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be excellent. Oh, it's brilliant. And I know jack shit about Formula One, nor do I ever want to sit and watch a Formula One race from go to go to woe. I don't really care about it. I love this series, though, because it's personal, right? Like, so there's the personalities, the, the team principles, the cool-ass drivers. You know, there's lots of sort of fast-moving things and, you know, flashing lights, and that keeps me amused, which is really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, to my po- <laughs> getting to my point. I recently bought a, a new Apple uh, phone and with that i got a free subscription to apple tv so i fired that up the other day and thought i'll take a look a friend of mine at uh at training said to me watch this series called make or break and it's the same thing as the f1 series kevin except it's for surfers right it's with the world surf league the wsl and it's the same thing yeah and they follow the surfers around on the tour and they and they they get behind the scenes and then they watch them perform and then they get behind the scenes and they see we see the good the bad and the ugly right and it's into the second season now it's a really cool thing Right now, friend of ours, Brad Culp, is a man who likes to put up lots of polls on Twitter. Although he won't be doing that anymore because they've just introduced that you can't put up a poll unless you have a blue check, and he's a cheapskate. And he's not paying eight bucks for anything. Now, when he used to put up his polls, though, he used to have a line there where we'd have two answers that you could give, and the third line was always triathlon is stupid. And I would always click triathlon is stupid because Brad Culp is an ironic guy, and I like to keep him happy. But now I firmly believe. And I'm coming to my point, Kevin. I'm sorry for if you're still listening. Thank you for doing that. But I firmly believe triathlon is stupid. It is a stupid sport run by idiots. That's my complete understanding of it at the moment. Okay. So do you want me to get into this? 
Um, yeah, sure. I, I would love to hear the, the logic behind triathlon <laughs> is stupid. Of course, there's probably no logic, right? There's no logic. I don't understand. Okay. We've been saying this forever, Kevin, so I think you're going to be in my corner here. I think we've been saying this forever. You could watch underwater full body contact, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, kickboxing. If the best in the world were doing it regularly, you would watch it. Okay. And we see this time and time again, and we've told this time and time again, and we've had this conversation time and time again, but when you watch what other sports are doing and you know that in that WSL surf league, right, that the best 32 surfers are going to be going to every single event. And there's only 10 or 11 events in the year, Kevin. It's not like they do 50 events like NBA basketball. They play 400 games a year. There's only 11 surf events, right? The best guys and girls are going to be there at every single event, no matter what. So you're watching Medina versus Toledo versus Robinson versus whoever the hell's going hard at that point in time, and you love it because they are the best at what they do. When you watch the F1 series, every single Grand Prix around the world, the best cars are going to be there. The Red Bull cars, the Ferrari cars, right? Even the shit boxes like the Williams are all going to be there causing upsets and doing things that you don't expect them to do, but they're going to be there part of the mix, right? Triathlon cannot get itself together because it is so dysfunctional that we have Ironman races. We have challenge races. We have a couple of pro tour random events. We have Super League. We have World Triathlon. We've got a bunch of different, just all over the place. It doesn't know what its identity is. It doesn't have an identity. It doesn't have a clear world number one. It doesn't have a clear point system. It doesn't have clear barriers around who is a pro and who is not a pro and just some shunter who works at a bike shop three days a week and can manage to get themselves a pro license. It is so disorganized, it's mental. Super League, doing things amazing. World Triathlon does things amazingly. Ironman, meh, their races are there because they've been there forever. They do things sometimes well, more times forgettably. And then you've got Challenge who has some gems in an otherwise, you know, um, interesting bucket of races, right? So we never know what's going on in the sport. We never know who's doing what race. We have mediocre fields all the time, and they call themselves branded races. Kevin, I submit to you, triathlon is stupid. Uh, so... I totally agree and totally, no, I don't think I disagree. I totally, I 100% hear all that you are saying and um, I think you are bang on. Um, I think the PTO is trying to address exactly what you are talking about. Chris Kermode is the, you know, the new CEO and um, Sam Renouf and, and all those guys, I think, couldn't agree more and they're you know this is what their vision is they're like yeah we're gonna put a million bucks up and try and get all the best to all of these things um but i think they you know as you can see just from the the fact that it took them forever and a day to get their schedule out and um you know their four races this year they're struggling with all of the stuff that you are talking about there so you know, the PTO wants to have, I, I'm, you know, this year they want four. I'm guessing next year they want seven or eight of these events and them to be the big ones, right? But I think the, the PTO is running into some issues because a lot of those pros that you're talking about who are, you know, working three days at a shop and yada, 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 they're no longer going to be in the top hundred or you know, top 50, let alone the top hundred where things were before. So they're kind of saying, well, what's the PTO doing for me? Um, <clears throat> and so the PTO, you know, PTO's got no, sorry, the PTO doesn't have to do jack shit for those. If you're not a good athlete and I'm talking about world elite, if you're not in that top, whatever it is, then the PTO does nothing for you because you're not a pro. You're not playing at the highest level. Do you know in the surfing league after, th after four events, I believe they chopped the field down from 32 to 22 only. They kick a third of those professionals to the curb each year. And it's only just started. Yep. It's hugely con con um, contentious. But they're willing to say that scramble for the first four events 
is mental, right? And then they get it. Now I understand with triathlon, we've got long, short, long, short course, all that. I get all that, right? But so, the fact that they're willing to put a quality control on that and say, you know, this is where it is, I think that just gets us a better product, doesn't it? Absolutely. And uh, no, Phil, so I couldn't agree with you more on that front, but you, you just got to let me get to one little thing. So sure. you've got all of these people who are unhappy. You've got this top 50. Uh, they're even cutting down the sizes of some of the fields, right? Totally yeah. like all of that. The problem is there's no feeder system for those for the other athletes to try and work their way up. And that's what they're sort of griping about, right? So you've got the new point system, everything. If you can go to those PTO open events and the Collins Cup, then you've got it made in the shade. But if you don't, there's fewer and fewer points available at the other events, which totally makes sense. But so the the World Triathlon, who, as you said, you know, they sort of have things right. There's like this feeder system. You go to the, you know, the regional the America's Cup races, the Oceana Cup, yada, yada, European Cup. Then you work your way up to the World Cup events. Then you world work, you know, you get to that highest level World Triathlon Championship Series events, right? That's great. So the PTO needs to kind of set that up. But how are they going to set that up? Well, they need that to be Ironman races, challenge races and everything. And the way our sport is right now, it's difficult to go to Ironman and say, hey, we want you guys to be our second tier races. Um, and Ironman's already basically told them to F, O, and D. Um, like Ironman sees the, them as the competition. And so, <laughs> so, they, so there's all of these problems with you know, no clear avenue to fix them. And that's what I think Chris Kermode and Sam Renouf and, and all of the PTO guys, I don't know if it's quickly found out, but have, are finding out um, that, uh, yeah, there's, there's this great vision, but there's a lot of roadblocks in the way. And I hope that they are able to negotiate all of those. They're very smart people. They've got crap loads of money behind them. So hopefully that, um, that all works, but as, as, as you 100% described, we have a monstrous shit show. And, um, and you know, it, it starts when you have a private company that owns the yep. biggest, you know, the most prestigious race. Um, well, not and... anymore. It's a bit, it's a bit, you know, it's been watered down, doesn't it? You know, look, uh, yes, you and I, funnily enough, will be in furious agreement about this. But it, it, it's so, <laughs> so, it's so I, mental, guess... isn't it? It's just so but stupid. I, you and I can and start a company tomorrow and have a world title. It's dumb. Absolutely. Um, and I think, but I think the, what we need to try and do is figure out ways out of this. And this is what people, well, you know, back in when I was racing, when I turned pro in, what year did I turn pro? 87, um, 86 or 87, you know, there was a professional triathletes organization at that time not the pto i can't remember what they were called um and you know this is people have been trying to get this right and figured out forever and a day um and one of the monstrous issues is we're a participation sport this is not this is not a spectator sport um and so you know the world triathlons done the or well, actually no sorry you you said Super League as well, the arena games that I was at, like they've created some some cool spectator options around those um, and are, are generating some excitement. But at the end of the day, the lion's share, there are very few people who will turn on a television who are not triathletes and just say, oh, I want to watch that triathlon. Most of our audience are either participants or family and friends of participants. Correct. But at the end of the day, there's the PTO who I, I'm like you, I think they're doing, a, um, you know, doing a great job. And then they said, uh, you know, and then they've come out and, and they're doing some great supporting stuff. But the, the, the problem lies in the fact, as you said, it's private companies owning stuff. There's too many, there's too much, there's too, uh, it's too split. Challenge is never going to get along with um, Iron Man. Iron Man and Challenge are never going to sort of get in and, and, and fold in to what the PTO wants. 
It's never going to happen. And the PTO are awesome because they're actually putting money behind this. As you said, they're putting brain power behind this. They've got a vision to actually create a proper um, certified league with the best in the world. Their vision is great. Macca's vision at, surf, is, at Super League is also cool. You know, PTO should buy that out and put that under their wing as well. Macca's got the right idea too because he goes, okay, Kevin, come and race with me for a month and I'll buy you a contract right? And I'll pay. And for a month, you can come race Super League four races every weekend. And it's going to be like uh, any sport that you watch, ball sport, where you get to watch week after week. And he puts on a good event. We've sort of got that, right? He's got that dialed in. Surely, surely that that is also part of a suite of of races or, or offerings that a single solitary entity can make, you know, um, rather than having what we've got. Now, again, I'll go back to surfing. They do that. They've got longboard events. They've got shortboard events, pro events. They've got a range of different things that they can do and that they do as well. So it's not just one thing about, and the reason I use surfing, Kevin, A, because it's cool as hell and I love it, but B, <laughs> they 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 fix their tour. They were used to surf shitty surf breaks with one foot waves and you know, you'd be watching it looking for you know a, a hole to jump into rather than watch it. Then they said, let's go to the best breaks. Let's get the best talent. Let's make sure that we're only surfing kick-ass waves, right? And they got it right. So I don't understand, and but no, I do understand, sorry, but I, I, I don't understand how we are ever going to get out of this hole unless the PTO just says, you know what, I mean, you're irrelevant. But they don't have the authority to. There's not like a uh, UCI or, you know, anything like that that oversees, you know, the ATP or the PGA, you know, and they're having their own problems. But there's nothing that over, oversees that. There's no overwatch on that that says, hey, bad luck, Man, Your races are now feeder events. You can run seven races that are feeder events to go into our PTO tour of whatever we're doing. You know, or you've got different things. It's just never going to happen. It's so fractured. But well, that's and, why the sport will never go anywhere properly. The other, the other issue around all of that is um, even if uh, World Triathlon, um, who sort of do a good job of trying to get along with everyone, right? Like you look at PTO put on a world championship for uh, World Triathlon a few years ago. Um, and, and they're this year, the European open is being, you know, run as part or, or, you know, the same organization that's putting on the world triathlon long distance championship or that multi-sport weekend is doing the PTO event, right? So they've got that combination, Ironman and world triathlon get along just fine. But then you run into, um, I, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being the fill. I'm just throwing in all the problems today and, and not coming <laughs> up with solutions. Um, but the other issue is sponsors, um, when they're doing contracts with people, they want, they're putting a lot of weight on the Ironman events, right? So if you're you know, writing Chelsea Sodaro's contract, your biggest bonus is if she wins in Kona again next year. Um, you know, I can't, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of bonus structure for any of the PTO events, but there, there will be a lot riding on, on her Kona stuff. So the sponsors are big on the Ironman stuff. So even if world triathlon were to try and say, or PTO were to try and say, Oh, Ironman's just going to be a feeder system. The athletes might find themselves in this position where if their choice is a feeder Ironman event or um, or a PTO event, they're going to be stuck at the uh, at the Ironman event. Now that might all change over the next few years, right? And and I think the PTO will have to look at a long term plan, um, and hopefully their investors are in it for the long haul. They certainly appear certainly appear to be. Um, but I know nothing about how that that whole that whole scene. So, um, yeah, I, I, there there's so many issues around this, and coming up with solutions is uh, is very 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 challenging. Oh, hugely! And I it just every time I do watch something like that, and you know, and I know they're different sports, and I get all that. Like I'm not that crazy, but I just I feel that we are in this, and I get and I think the PTO is doing a really 
you know, decent job. You know, like I think Sam Renouf and that crew are dialed in and switched on. And I think that, you know, if they could wave their magic wand, they would want something that was singular to the sport as well without all these different, you know, it's like boxing with 27 different divisions and, you know, yeah. Anywho, um, and ununified belts, etc. But I, I, in saying that, um, yeah, I don't understand how this is ever going to be resolved. I just don't. Um, and I, as we've said millions of times, Kevin, there are a lot smarter people than us running the show, and thank God for that. But when you watch something that is unified, that is packaged, that is, you know, that has grown from a bunch of hippies who were considered, you know, bums and 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 layabouts into this worldwide phenomenon, but they've got it so well dialed in, I think, that the product is so good, you know, um, and, and you know, it comes across when you see this because, you know, it's constantly getting um, many thousands of people to view. They get many thousands of people to watch, and I understand it's a different sport, and I agree totally because most people who are going to watch a triathlon go watch their buddy race and just happen to watch the pro race as well. But – yeah you would find yourself watching more. That's why everyone's so wrapped about Oceanside. That's what it shits me. Like, it just gives me the shits. Like, oh, stacked field at Oceanside. Give me a break. That's just normal for every other sport. We're just so bereft of anything that's publicly organized that when we see seven pros all turn up, we all crack, crack it like it's the greatest thing ever. Give me a spell. Oceanside is awesome, but Oceanside should be just one of the mix. It should just be, yep, here's Oceanside. In two weeks' time, we've got the next race, and it's going to be badass as well. We don't just sit there and get so excited about one race or three races a year where a bunch of people show up. And I think the pros would want that. I think the pros want to be tested, and they want to come up, and they want to be big personalities. And, you know, you know, you want to see the Norwegians versus the Sanders versus Fredinos every – you know, I want to see that seven times a year in yeah, the right absolutely. setting. absolutely. That's – that's I think I think everyone wants to see that, and it's just how do we get there? And that you know we keep coming back to that. That is the PTO's vision, um, but um, how close they get to all of that um, will be interesting to see. You know, um, like will we even see Jan Frodeno? He hasn't mentioned the Collins Cup on on his goals for this year, right? Like you you, you look at his season. Uh, planning he's got the two pto events uh european open us open but um after that you know he's got nice and that could be it so um yeah all all too interesting um i would uh it'll be interesting so we got another stack field coming two weeks after Oceanside. Uh, and, sorry, and sorry stack field. I'm, I'm putting that in my quote in in my air quotes here that no one can see. Um, <laughs> in uh, Challenge uh, Grand Mogan Grand Canaria or whatever, uh, you know, you've got um, a bunch of big names heading down to that one as well. So you've got a group who will be in Oceanside, and then you've got another group of sort of big names um, Mm. in uh, Grand Canaria. And then hopefully everybody gets together for May 7th in Ibiza at the uh, uh, PTO European Open. So hopefully you get your dream there. Yeah, and you hope so. And and I'm watching because there's people involved. I didn't look at all at Geelong this week. I didn't, it's just, yeah, okay. I mean, again, I'm not- Don't you live close to Geelong? yeah, Yeah, 20 minutes away. Didn't go near it. Saw, watched, um, saw results and, and did that and, you know, um, but I, it's just, it's of no, it's, look, the pros who race are awesome and, you know, good on them for being there. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like I don't think that they do a good job, but, you know, it was, for me, it was just not, it was not enough of a draw card to go down. That is just sad. It's not sad. It's a, it's an opinion. It's, it's, you know, I think we're, I'm at a point now where I, I'm, I'm that long in the sport that I, I want to see not five pros in each in each field running around you know like it was pretty light on for pros and i thought well you know i could get up and 7 30 in the morning or six seven o'clock in the morning or i could sleep in and drink coffee and then go for a ride yeah now it, and it was too bad that you know because i i guess one of the sort of classic events in australia the hell of the west yeah. um yeah. <laughs> gentle walks up and just, weekend and, yeah. and it's kind of split the best 
Aussie pros, right? Well, it hasn't. It hasn't. I mean, Ali Salthouse and um, uh, Ashley Gentle were the obviously the headline acts. Um, and well, and, but Max Newman, fourth in Kona, he was yeah, in uh, he was in Hell of the West. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm saying, on that side of the field, like she's. I think Ashley Gentle is the biggest name that was there. I know Max Newman's pretty bloody awesome, but Gentle's yeah. the rock star man. She's she's oh, on yeah, a, well, it's ranked number one in the PTO standings, and yeah. and she's you know rapidly become the real deal over over long distance racing. And, and or, but sorry, that's a people's race, a isn't middle it? distance racing. That's the people's race. Like the hell of the West is has been around for about four thousand years, and that's just the people's 1989, race. Nineteen eighty nine. Come on. Yeah. You know, about four thousand years. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Like that was like a little regional race, and it's just because I think those those guys wanted to hit out in a, in a road trip and appreciate the value of that race and that kind of stuff. But you know, I I'm not talking about these these smaller races, these regional races. You know, like Geelong's tiny. I mean, Crowey's been a multiple winner there. Sam Appleton's won there. Burkle's been down there a bunch, but it, it's never sat there, and you're never going to get you know. 25 30 pros you just it's that that's it's never going to be that race so you're right that sort of a race would be an awesome race for those young up-and-coming pros who want to prove themselves and race on a you know on a really nice course and, and do that that's that's the level where that is you know and that if that was a qualifier race then you watch a bunch of young guns trying to get their pro ticket or you know trying to get points for a pro ticket or qualify from a you know to get into the main field somewhere else you know then Maybe then that becomes a really good niche for that sort of event, you know. And they, look, Geelong's a cool place, and the 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 course is a bit ugly on the bike. I'll be honest with you, but the waterfront's beautiful, and it's a good place to be. And it got lots of people down there. Um, just not me, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just it's yeah, it's just sad that we can't we can't even attract the Phil Rockness of the world to uh... <laughs> people were probably okay that I wasn't there, but I'm just, you know, it was a nice morning and I went for a grab ride, you know, so what was I going to do? You know, the grabber was calling my friend. Um, yeah, but there you go. last weekend, uh, and I don't look, I, I think this is, it's always going to be a to be continued because there's never going to be resolved, I think. Um, and like we said, you know, what Mac is doing in super league is amazing. What Sam Renew from the PTO is doing is great. You know, the World Triathlon is still, you know, putting all those guys and girls into the Olympics. So it's, you know, surely we can just unify something. Come on, man. Let's get it done. Yeah. I um, hear you. Yeah. So Oceanside will kick off generally what's happening in your side of the world. But on my side of the world, the down under, New Zealand and Australia certainly uh, was okay. New Plymouth. Now, if you've never been to New Plymouth, I mean, don't bother. No, it's a lovely place. Um, yeah, I, I knew that. Oh, why did I know that was coming? Like, well, you, it's, you, you know. You Aussies have very little good to say about uh, New Zealand. Do you know the best thing to come out of New Zealand? This is Auckland Airport. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I love uh, New Zealand. Just thank God I don't live there. Um, but we saw some good racing That's, there. doesn't stop. It doesn't. I could go for, when I used to go down there to Taupo and I would drive in with the same dude picking me up every time and I just paced him and God love him. What a good bloke. Wait, you got, oh, because you would fly right into uh, Taupo Airport. Or we'd fly into Auckland for the 70.3. We did that, I think, two or three times too. And just, you know, they're beautiful people in New Zealanders. They were the best organized races down here or part of. They were very good. Um, I must say that um, Shane Smith and co were also of a very high level. Um, but yeah, the cab driver or the 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 driver for the company WTC at the time, I think it was just yeah, most of pacing. And he didn't belt me once, which was winning. Gwen Jorgensen, not happy with her result though. She's just not really happy with how it's going. Well, you know, third and third in her first race back, and uh, yeah, you know, it's gonna be it's going to be a little up and down. Um, Certainly, uh, certainly, you would not want to count her out yet. Um, no, 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 <laughs> so, and, no. and you know she had a pretty decent. She had a decent run split there, um, and uh, you can be sure that uh, Nicole Vanderke, Erica Ackerland, um, who else was kind of in the mix there? Um, Thorpe, the, Ainsley uh, Thorpe, Ainsley Thorpe. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, you can be sure that that lead group, which I think was about 10, right. was 
working working together and they were probably better working together better because they were all saying we don't want that you know that second group to be with us starting this run so i think there's still a uh gwen jorgensen fear factor out there (laughs) as she comes back so yes absolutely um and then men's side of the the house was uh hayden wild yeah holy crap did he ever dominate that run yeah Um, yeah just frightening like you, you you know you to know that he started I didn't see any of the video from the race, but to know that he started with a big group and then you look at the photos and he's coming across the line and there's no one in sight, you know, like it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He was running as fast as I do when I have a hot pizza in the car and I want to get to the, eat it. 1430. Oh yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty quick. Um, and so the Kiwis had a good day there because Taylor Reid was in there. Uh, and Ricardo Kiwis went one, two for both the men and the women. So, Mm. I mean, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we said, Mike Phillips, uh, wins in, in Geelong. Um, and that's fun for him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and how about, so you must at least be happy for Grace Thack. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm coming to, and Steve McKenna too. Steve McKenna too. This is a, you know, again, you know, 110 half marathon. Um, I don't know how accurate the course is, but it's pretty right. It's pretty, from my memory, it serves me correctly. It's pretty decent. Like they do a pretty good job down there. So he's run really quick, Steve McKinnon. He's one to watch too. He's he's just a guy who gets in there and swings my, um, large punches, um, which is good. So um, he's a guy who's working incredibly hard to be a better pro, which is nice. Um, but of course, as you said, um, Grace Thick. Thicky? Thicker? The Thickmeister? Is that what we call? <laughs> so, well, but just like she'd finished second or third at that race five years in a row. Yeah. So, um, pretty exciting that she, uh, you know, gets the win yeah. over uh, the original supermom, Radka Kalafelt. Oh, I can't believe she's still flying around. Radka, yeah, such a talent. Uh, that was I hadn't seen a result from Radka for ages. I so. know the Carlefelt um, name was... though used to be every other minute, right? Well, like I'm trying to remember. I feel like it was 12 or 14 weeks after she um, had her first child, she ended up like winning a 70.3 race up in Asia somewhere. Yeah. Um, and just went on like she was on fire through the rest of this, that season, winning a bunch of um, half distance events. So yeah, really uh, <laughs> very cool. She's she's quite the athlete. So yeah, no, it's very cool. Yep. And then uh, there was um, Philippines, uh, Davao. We want to call it that. Seventy point three. Uh, Sarah Crowley gets the win there. Um, and then Philippe uh, Azevedo, who got the win there as well. So that was kind of racing on our side of the world. But it kicks off in North America, an unofficial start of the year um, at Oceanside, which can media managers stop writing stacked field? It's, it's find another word, please. Yeah, I think I avoided stacked field, didn't Thank I? Thank you. I thought I was pretty good about that. It's pretty stacked field, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so my women's preview was Oceanside 70.3 women's field features higher strength of field score than the men's. Okay. So this is this, this is exactly what we've just spent 20, 20 minutes talking about. This shows up. I'm interested, right? I want to see it, right? I want to, I would, you know, wander down and, and take a look for sure. I would, and I'll watch um, as much as I can. Um, I think this is going to be a good one. Let's kick off with the women's. Headlined by Canada's Paula Finlay, eh? She's, she's, is she our top seed? Yeah, well, so I, I think that, I think your headline athlete, I, I think Paula is the, is, should be the top seed. Um, but your, your headline athlete is Chelsea Sedaro, right? So first race back after winning Kona. Yep. All eyes are going to be on her for sure. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I'll be very interested to see how, how Chelsea 
races here. Um, she's, you know, because she's a, you know, decent runner, not a decent runner, she's a great runner. Um, she, she's, you know, this is not a bad distance for her in any way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then your, your, you know, your top seed should be Paula Finley. Um, and, and well, uh, be, you know, she won this race a couple of years ago, so it'd be fun yeah. to see. Oh, well, Ash, Ashley team. Gentle's there. Um, Ashley Gentle. Ashley Gentle isn't in this field. She's listed. She's going to race. I don't think she's listed in the field, dude. I've got a list in front of me, sir, with uh, Ashley Gentle's name on it and number. This is the official uh, Ironman race list. Uh. So the one I just downloaded yesterday mm-hmm. does not have her on it. Well, they might have been an earlier one that I've got. Anyway, uh, Daniela Reef. Nope, not on that list either. Good God, this is an old list. Wait till I sort out my list downloading. Yeah, so Chelsea Sodaro, uh, number 75. Holly Lawrence, number 76. There's, okay. Um, and as usual, oh, this drives me crazy. You know where they have her listed from, Holly Lawrence? She yep. represents the U.S. of A. And <laughs> while she lives in the U.S. of A, she doesn't represent the USA. Drives me crazy. Um, so Mel uh, McQuaid is on this list? Yes. Mel McQuaid is racing. The super Melanie is... I don't want to get myself in trouble. Um, oh. She's in her late 40s. Old. <laughs> she, she's old. <laughs> um, and still racing up a storm. Hell um, yeah. I'm not saying she's not. I'm just saying she's the Tom Brady of racing. Yeah. Oh, still... uh, it's, and it's great. And, and I have I should full, um, full disclosure, she is a regular um, contributor to our magazine. So mm, um, I am obviously biased. But yeah, she is uh, 49 years old. Her birthday is uh, the day before mine, and exactly oh. ten years later. How crazy is that? Wow! Um, but I, so I, yeah, I Paula Finlay yeah, Mel, Mel will not be, you know, like you know, we'll look for her to have a a solid race and everything. But yeah, your favorites this weekend: Chelsea Sodaro, Holly Lawrence, Paula Finley, Kat Matthews making her comeback, Tamara Jewett, um, you know, the super runner. Those are kind of your your names, and, and I apologize to any of the other women who might be upset with me, but those are kind of the women that we're expecting to see um, at, at or near the front. Uh, Grace Theck is traveling across the world to, uh, to come and race there as well, but yeah, hard to say how, how she's going to fare in with you know that, that crew of monster names. Yeah, um, Paula Finlay wins this by mile. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, so I've I envision Holly. Well, yeah, if Holly's in good form, um, she comes off the bike with Paula. Um, but they can't. But she can't run with Paula if Paula's in good running form. So that's that's the thing with Paula. When she is in great form, she is frightening um and but i almost hope that she's not in super great form now so that she is on a nice build for august because mm. it would be so so great you know she took the silver medal at the 70.3 worlds the the one thing separating paula from you know being amongst the you know amongst the best we've ever seen in canada and stuff um, in the long distance front is the gold medal at the 70.3 worlds. So mm. there you go. My Canadian plug <laughs> men's side of the house. Uh, there's a few there. There's a few there. Um, so yeah, the, the, you know, Jan Frodeno comes in the big highlight. He loves this event. He's won it a couple of times. Um, you know, it's the, the goat in many people's eyes. So, does he stay on that front? Jackson Laundry, where it's race number one, is the men's defending champion. Had that monstrous or that huge race last year. It was just so great for him uh, to take the win there. Um, but you know, there there is a vision of this race where 
um, you know, Jan Ferdano and Ben Canute uh, are great swimmers, right? So uh, Jan and Ben come out of the water together and disappear on the bike, and this race gets very boring. Yeah, it's got the potential to be snorefest. Now, uh, Leo Berger, the defending um, uh, world triathlon champion, I think I've got that right, don't I? Yeah. Um, he's in this mix as well, so you'd think that he can he can hopefully swim with those guys. Sam Appleton, uh, I don't I don't know if he's got the swimming legs. He's you know one of those solid guys who um, you kind of know he, that he's going to have a good performance, but the question is how how much how good are the other people around in front of them so yeah um chris lefferman in this mix as well so often gets forgotten but he's you know many times 70.3 and iron man champ and and again one of these guys who when he's on can really fly through the run yeah um so and here's a name a blast from the past i Michael Raylord is in this field. <laughs> Mickey R. That's uh, that's a name we haven't heard in a little while. Yep. So, you know, the last time I saw him was at uh, Laguna Phuket Tri a few years ago. Um, you know, Mickey has, you know, Michael, he's, he's sort of struggled to to get things together for a few years now and you know, who knows? There's a guy who, when he's got it all together, can swim with the best, he can bike with the best, and he can certainly run with the best. So it'd be really fun to see Michael have a good day, but whew, that'll be a big stre- a bit of a stretch, I think. I think so. He, look, but, you know, in terms of the nice, one of the nicest humans around, him and his brother were, were geniuses. Um, I tell you, Leo, my man Leo is going to win this. Okay. Yeah, right. I, phew, you know, after watch, watching Justus Nischlag, um, yeah, that 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 dude has only done two seventy point three. Like he he uh, finished in Tokyo, and then the German Federation said, "Hey, thanks so much for uh, coming to the Olympics for us, but yeah, you don't fit in our program anymore." So he decided he would move to long distance stuff, and he's won his only two seventy point threes that he's done, Kreichau uh, and Lanzarote. So yeah, these these short course guys when they move up, if they are strong on the bike, then um, they are uh, they you know can be really strong in the seventy point three stuff. So yeah, you, I, I have a very difficult time arguing that Leo can be in the mix with Jan. Um, and Jan certainly doesn't want Leo Berger next to him with 100 meters to go. Um, so, uh, yeah, hard to argue against that one. I kind of hope that uh, it's another Jan Ferdano show. I think that would nope. be um, wrong. pretty cool. Leo's our man. Leo's our man. Ferdano, you nice guy, but you're going down. Leo, he's their man. I'm on Leo. In Leo, I trust. Hey, um, just before we wrap this one up, Kevin, Race Ranger has been up and about. Have you noticed that? There's, um, it has started to be tested in races and things, which is an interesting concept, of course, if you are unsure of what the Race Ranger dudes do. They are the ones who are putting in technology to stop people from drafting um, that sits on the back of the seat post, and it is a non-drafting electronic arrangement. So interesting to see that that is now starting to find its way into races. Yeah, they, they've been doing a bunch of testing, and uh, it was just announced. I've got to work on that story um, for the site. Hopefully, I'll get that posted today. Um, I think it's a huge, um, huge step in the right direction. Um, love the whole concept. What annoys, annoys, yeah, can I say annoys? My, my trepidation is that they still come back to having you know officials making the call right so you've got this race ranger technology that is kind of dinging stuff but basically it sends information to a uh, to an official who's with a tablet so it's definitely a step in the right direction but i still feel that um we've got to figure out how to um 
do this without always having an official right there. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to be the the limiting factor down the line. But um, but I'm surprised you're so hyped up about it since it is a product developed in New Zealand. I know, but it's um, the only way they can get money into that country. Poor buggers. So, you know, any cash going into New Zealand's good. You know, you can go down there with seven bucks and buy two houses. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, I think on that note, I'm gonna get, I'm just going to get – someone is going to slaughter me, and I deserve it. I deserve it. Um, you know, I, I'm a terrible human. Hey, and just before we go, Kevin, the Twitter universe has decided that your version – you they know that you're excited when you use the term nutty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, Tim Hemming and I have both decided that when you say nutting, you're excited. That's you jumping up and down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. I want a picture. I want a t-shirt. Tim for me. I want a t-shirt of your your head, and just underneath it just says "nutty good" or something cool. <laughs> like that. Perfect. Can we make? Oh, that there happen? we go. I'm gonna. <laughs> so now I'm gonna receive abuse uh, for this in the next. Uh, the next social media meeting I have to sit through, they're going to say, stop using nutty in titles. Exactly. It's crazy, Dan. Hey, um, thanks very much for being a part of this. As per usual, Kevin McKinnon, you gorgeous human. Uh, you can find Kevin at Triathlon Magazine Canada, which is the best place in the world to find all of your triathlon uh, news and results. And Kevin does a great job there paddling that canoe. You can find me sitting under a rock somewhere. Um, not hard to find. We'll be swinging back next week to see what happened at Oceanside to see if our fearless predictions actually came true. Kevin, thank you for your work, sir. Hey, thanks so much, Phil. And we'll catch up with you guys next week. This has been The Life of Try. Thanks for listening and supporting us. We'll uh, be back in a week's time. Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try. <laughs>